From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. What can the Panthers build off of from their win? That's the only way the win matters, by the way. Yesterday, I think I was harsh. If you were listening to the show, I said that the win basically didn't matter. And the reason being, because if at the end of the year, you're still the worst team in the NFL, and you still end up in the trade with Bryce Young, sending the number one overall pick to the Bears, does it sting any less if you won two or three games rather than one? Probably not, right? Probably not. So I said it doesn't matter, but that's not true. It only doesn't matter if you don't take things away from it that make you better in the future, right? A win only doesn't matter if all it is is a check in the W column versus the L column. If it turns into something where Bryce Young took a step forward in one respect or the team took a step forward in another respect or you figured out an identity, right? If there's something you can take away from it that makes it more likely that you'll win in the future, and I'm talking even beyond this year into next year, then it matters. And every team, by the way, has those moments, right? You, you look back at the teams that have really flipped the script as of recent, the Lions, a little bit further back, the Bills, or sorry, the, the Bengals, maybe a little bit further back even than that, the Bills. And you have those moments where you look back and it could just be a regular season, seemingly nothing game, but something clicks. And from that point forward, they're a better franchise. Right, think of the first time you saw Josh Allen kind of turn the corner on being one of the better players in the league, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then the Bills suddenly are winning a bunch of games. The first time you saw him run over a, defend- a defender. While also like not being careless with the football. The first time he threw for you know 350 and it didn't look like he was getting lucky. And it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Because we knew that he had an otherworldly physical skill set. Right, We knew he could throw it throw it 80 yards, but the thing out of Wyoming was like he completed 56% of his passes. Yeah, now, I'm not expecting next week for us to see Bryce Young run over a member of the Packers secondary by any means, but... No, but also, like, we didn't... It didn't happen all at once for Josh Allen either. It's not like he had a great game and then the next one was better and the next one was better and the next one was better until eventually he's, you know, in a full-scale duel with Patrick Mahomes in the, 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 the playoffs. It's just there's those little moments along the way where something clicks, and then a couple weeks later, something else clicks, and then suddenly it's an overnight success, but it really wasn't that. It was a million little successes that built up to the overnight success. Confidence helps. I, I say quarterback is a confidence position all the time. Quarterbacks, when their their confidence is rattled, they don't play as well. And if it stays that way, if their confidence stays rattled and they don't get back, then it's going to be really tough for them to have a successful career. But confidence helps. And and if Bryce Young built some confidence off of that last-minute, you know, 17-play game-winning drive, build off of it. Build off of it. Also, the defense has to realize their role. And I think this game can help them do that. And what I mean by that is the name of the game for the Panthers' defense, has to be turnovers. Has to be a priority. They have to seriously think about it. The uh, peanut Tillman punch, right? 
Like when when somebody is getting tackled, the second person there needs to come trying to force a fumble. Well, also remember, the Carolina Panthers hadn't forced a fumble up until the game on Sunday in their previous game in their game against the Houston Texans, which is the last game that they won before this one. That, that, I mean, it's I believe only the second game all year they fo- they forced two or more turnovers. Uh, the the forced fumbles has not been something that they've uh, made any kind of habit of. That that is what the defense needs to take away from it because the defense has played really well this year. They've not given up a ton of points. They have not given up a ton of yards. Right? They've they've despite being put in really bad situations by the offense. I think they've played solid most of the season, but they haven't gotten their hands on the football. It's time to start taking chances. Right? If you're a corner, if you're a safety, and you think you can get your hands on the football, go get it. If you're a linebacker and you see uh, you know somebody in the grasp of a defensive lineman, run and, and try to poke it out. You have to because your offense needs those easy ones. Right? They, they, they need them. It's the equivalent of like a transition layup in basketball. Try to shoot a passing lane. Right? Try to jump a pass. If you if you tip it, you might get an easy layup. Fast break dunk. Which you need because you don't have a great offense in the half court. Now, are you gonna give up some some backdoor cuts where you're you're jumping a passing lane and they're breaking the other way? Yeah. But it's a it's a measured risk for a team that needs it to get their offense going. And I think that's a game that can kind of show them that. And mostly. Mostly what it can allow them to do, and this is what they need to take away, okay? If they can take anything away, the X's and O's of a game in the rain doesn't really matter, right? Because it's, it's, everything has changed. Uh, the, the, like, we started the show talking about third downs and in red zone. Yes. But mostly it allows them to breathe. Chris Tabor, uh, their their interim head coach, gave them a day off earlier this year after a loss, my, which I don't agree with, by the way. I think he should have kept them coming in. But you have to think his reasoning is he was walking around the facility and it was like, you know, the last day of finals week on a college campus. Everyone's eyes are bloodshot. Everyone's hair is disheveled. Everyone's right. You're, they're carrying a backpack with just loose sheets of study guides hanging out, and everybody just looked like the zombie. And and that's what happens when you lose a bunch of games in a row. Like I'm sure that's why he gave them a day off after a loss, which doesn't happen often. And it's not even a true reset because when you're in the middle of a long losing streak and coach gives you the day off, guess what happens? You just go home and worry about it the same way you would worry about it in the facility. You sit right? in silence. You take your, your iPad home with you, and you sit on your own couch and watch film rather than sitting in the uh, office chair at the facility and watch film. It's the same thing because you're so competitive you can't deal with it. A win is a true reset. A win is a true opportunity to, like, catch a couple episodes of The Office, right? <laughs> you allow yourself to, uh, you know, order in your favorite takeout. And if they can do those sorts of things, maybe they play a little bit more relaxed this weekend. They're no longer the team on the long winning or losing streak. They're definitely not the team on a long winning streak. But they're no longer the team on a long losing streak. They got to win. 
Not saying they have to win moving forward. I'm saying they got a win this week. That is massive. What can they build on? How about the fact that that you know there are other professional football teams that you can beat, right? The, the Go full uh, uh, Al Pacino any given Sunday, right? You're going to win or you're going to lose. That Like, that's what it comes down to. Up until now, I'm sure they were like, well, most of them were going to lose. Like, it's, it's a different beast. What can you build on? Relax. What can you build on? Play like, like you belong. Because it did look for a little while there like you didn't. <laughs> it did. Uh, the other thing is, you get a win, you you can worry about your yourself a little bit, right? There's a, there's a very fine line between everyone in the NFL is coaching for their next job, right? And, or playing for their next job or auditioning for their next team or trying to make, you know, the, a big money splash in free agency and team goals. After a loss, you can't say like, oh, I'm trying to make sure I get my stats. After a win, you can kind of reset and go, all right, we got the win. Now let me look at me. Chris Tabor spoke with the media. He's the interim head coach. He asked what that meant, that win meant to him as a coach. You know, I didn't really think – I don't think of it as a, a personal moment. Uh, you know, I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm happy for the guys. Uh, I thought that they played really well. I thought we played complimentary football. Um, I thought the coaching staff did a really nice job of putting guys in position to make plays. And uh, that's really – that's all I've really been focused on. I think, I, I think maybe, you know, at the end of the year, you can always look back and self-reflect and those type of things. But I – haven't given any of that any thought. Interesting. He has given it thought. He has. He absolutely has. Yeah, he's thought about if Steve Waltz couldn't get the coaching job after he was interim head coach. What makes Well, he might not what? be thinking about the Panthers job, but he's thinking about future head coaching opportunities. He's everyone in the NFL is thinking about the next spot. You win and it's kind of okay to have that conversation. You lose, and you have to say, I'm just mad that we lost. I don't know why I turned into a dog at the end. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. One of our favorite segments of the show, one of our favorite segments of the week, Cop or Drop. This is the segment where Graham, who's producing the show today, uh, throws anything and everything at me, predictions, uh, ideas, sports concepts, you name it, he's got it, and I decide whether I'm copping or dropping. It's like buy or sell. Graham, take it away. All right, Tim, we're going to go a little NC State theme overall with athletics for the first part of Copper Drop. Okay, we, we, we're theming it up. Copper Drop, it's too early to be worried about NC State not making the NCAA tournament for basketball. Um, No. I mean, I think, or so, so I'm dropping that it's too early. I think a program like NC State should, should, and this goes for most 
you know, top half teams in the ACC, uh, you should have the expectation of making the NCAA tournament, right? A year where you don't go to the big dance is a disappointment. I think that's fair. So if you drop the amount of games they've dropped already, uh, BYU, Ole Miss, Tennessee, you're, you're already thinking resume, right? You're already thinking, and I, I, I point this out every year, when tournament time comes around, what do they do for every team, right? There's a bracketology segment on ESPN or whatever station, uh, television channel streaming service you watch, and they put up a team and they put up uh, two columns, right? Best wins, worst losses, right? So, so, and there's like three bullet points under each. As your season goes along, start filling it out and see what you have. And right now, State really doesn't have best wins. So they're going to have opportunities to get them in the ACC, but that's easier said than done because they're good teams in the ACC. So, yeah, I think it's fair to start saying, like, all right, you're going to you're gonna have to make something happen here to get your resume where you need it to be. That's not to say, like, being concerned is different than panicking. I don't think it's near time to panic. But, yeah, paying attention to it, if that's your expectation, I think that's fair. And they just got Cam Woods and MJ Rice back into the mix. And we don't even know how back MJ Rice is. He, he's played 10 minutes, 16 minutes, and 13 minutes. If he stays on that minutes restriction, I'm, I'm not even sure he's helping right now. It, it might just be a, like nobody really knows their role at the moment. So there, there's a lot they have to get through. We got better tonight. All right, Copper Drop. Stay with NC State for a little bit. With the addition of the David Thompson statue for basketball, Peyton Wilson deserves to have mm. his mark internalized outside of Carter Finley Stadium. Copper drop, there needs to be a statue of Peyton Wilson. Now, this, the, your Ring of Honor complexing me, okay? What, but I'll explain the Ring of Honor complex, but I'm dropping this. Um, Ring of Honor complex, it's one of my theories. What? I've cited it in the past. I've explained it in the past. I'll give you a quick version. Like, uh, let, me, let me pick a good example here. Should... Um, Donovan McNabb be in the NFL Hall of Fame? And I say, no. But he should be in the Eagles Ring of Honor, right? He should he should be have his number and name around the, the upper deck in whatever sta- stadium Philly calls home. And then I sound like a mean guy, right? I sound like I'm downgrading Donovan McNabb because I'm saying he shouldn't be in the NFL Hall of Fame. But what actually I'm saying is he's the top percent of the top percent of the top percent. He should be in the Eagles Ring of Honor which is unbelievably tough to do. Like, if, if you draft somebody number one overall and they end up as in your ring of honor, that's a win. That's that's Just because they're not a Hall of Famer doesn't mean you're being mean. So should Peyton Wilson have a statue? No. I mean, I think they're, like, Phillip Rivers needs a statue first, right? Like, there there are other players that I believe should be should be commemorated in that way long before Peyton Wilson. But guess what? Peyton Wilson can lay claim to being like the best linebacker in NC State history. That like this season was un gosh darn real. So I'm complimenting him. I'm saying no to the statue, but don't you darn say I haven't been beating the drum for Peyton Wilson is awesome from the moment I took over this show. So no statue, but he does get Peyton Wilson Day. I don't know if you saw this, but Raleigh's mayor Bear Walk Bear Mayor May blah. Go new, ahead, Raleigh's mayor. New lips, new voice. Raleigh's mayor, Baldwin, declared today Peyton Wilson Day. Another thing to add to the long list of accomplishments during his time at NC State football. And rightfully so. Uh, those proclamations are always kind of strange to me. Uh, you know, I've seen athletes and, and notable people get them throughout time. 
But hey, I think it'd be cool, right? Get, it comes with a little paper. Get it framed. Put it up in your in your den or something, right? With all that NFL money he's about to make. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, I'm as big of a fan of Peyton Wilson, the the linebacker, as anybody out there in media. But uh, statue might be one one step too far. Last one for NC State. All right. We discussed it a little bit earlier in the show. You can visit this video. You can visit that conversation on the fans' YouTube channel. Copper drop with a top five transfer class. NC State could be a contender for a 12-team playoff next season. Hmm. Interesting. The the let me explain my trepidations. I'm not sure the ACC will get more than one. Right? This year they wouldn't. Right? I believe this year, uh, once Louisville kind of faltered down the stretch. Uh, Florida State would have been the only team from the ACC in a 12-team playoff. So essentially what you're asking me is, should they be a contender for an ACC championship? Which I think a lot of on paper says yes. But also, you know, Dave Dorn hasn't really sniffed that as in his tenure in, in Raleigh. So by saying yes, I'd be saying, you know, hey, let's go against the, you know, one, one of my, again, favorite sayings. Uh, the best indicator of future results is past results. So if I'm saying yes to this, what I'm saying is I'm going against past results. But I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to have to cop it because I really like the transfer portal that, they, that they've done, that they've, they've grabbed. I also really like a few of the players that are hanging around the KC Concepcion's of the world. Um, and you know what else? There's enough chatter out there. I don't think they're done in the transfer portal. I think they still have something up their sleeves, and I'm, I'm interested to see it. And lastly, they have three. As of the, the recruiting rankings just updated on 247 Sports, which is kind of a composite site that does does all the, the rankings for high school recruits, uh, NC State has three top 150 recruits in the country, uh, and it's the first time that's happened since Peyton Wilson's class. So they've got some talent coming in the transfer portal and out of high school. And Michael Clark of Pat Pride 247 Sports joined Adam Gold earlier today. You can listen to that conversation on the best of the Adam Gold, Adam Gold Show podcast and said that he's anticipating for NC State to land at least two more players by the end of the week out of the transfer portal. That's kind of what I'm saying. I don't think they're done. I think they've got something. There's some rumblings, and rumblings are just that. They're rumblings uh, that tomorrow might be a day where we hear a big name. So we'll see. All right, let's move on to North Carolina. Let's do it. Copper drop. Armando Baycott is regressing this basketball season as compared to last season. Drop. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm pretty confident. There, there's like a certain element of when you've been consistent for a long time, the, the lulls don't concern me as much. Uh, and also, there's an element of R.J. Davis has it cooking right now. Uh, and if you're Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis is scoring 25 a game, 26, 27, 28 points per game as he has on this recent stretch, you're just gonna you're gonna get less opportunity, right? For the for the last probably seven games, R.J. Davis has been the number one option on offense. I believe if Armando Baycott became the number one offense, number one option on offense again, he'd get back to scoring his you know 18 and 12, and I think. As they they go on, they'll they'll get there once again. But but no, I'm I'm not worried about Armando Baycott. This season, it does feel like he's he's had a couple of games where he's only scored in single digits. And in order for North Carolina to yep. be successful, you need Baycott and Davis to be playing at a high caliber level each game. 
I can and Harrison Ingram also. I think those three are wildly important. And then someone else, Cormac Ryan against Kentucky. But you know, I don't care who that fourth person is. They just need kind of four superstar performances. Uh, I yeah, I, Baycott has had some down games. Don't get me wrong. And I called him out yesterday. I said in that Kentucky game, if you're looking for, hey, what do you have to do better to beat Kentucky? I think. Armando Baycott has to play better, right? He had 9.6 rebounds, and he should be an 18 and 12 guy. So that's like, you know, double everything. But that, that like, seeing that game didn't make me think, oh, he's not going to do that later in the year. I, I have confidence he'll he'll put it together. He's just he's done it too many times for me to panic quite yet. Fair enough. Let's move on to North Carolina basketball as a whole. Copper drop. North Carolina basketball has a serious turnover problem right now. Speaking of Armando Baycott against Kentucky. Uh, you, by, by turnovers, you're saying, like, in-game turnovers. You're not saying roster turnover Correct. or anything. Correct, like, in-game okay. turnovers. Uh, yeah, speaking of Armando Baycott. Um, yeah, right now they're a little careless with the ball. And there that includes players that aren't as a st- – like, if it was just Baycott or just R.J. Davis uh, turning the ball over, then, then I'd say, yeah, they'll figure it out, right? They're a little sloppy. They'll get in the gym, watch some film, get yelled at, be back out there. But when it's more of a – Guys, I'm less less confident, and it's something they're gonna have to work on. Uh, you know, I'm sure Hubert Davis is not happy with it. I'm sure he's yelling about it, and and they'll have to fix it if they want to reach the the levels that they are. But like, we're being we're asking some negative questions here, just because of the nature of the the way this kind of structure works, where you're saying stuff and I have to copper drop. Um, they're still the highest ranked team in the ACC, right? <laughs> they're the 11th team in the country right now in the AP rankings. So. You know, there's there's still some optimism around the uh, the Tar Heels. Was well, that a reflection of how the ACC right now in basketball just might not be that good outside of Clemson, well, they're outside the, okay, of North Carolina, then, then outside of Duke? Then then maybe we'll say. I mean, they're the 11th team in the country. That's not a reflection on the ACC. Them being the 11th team and the best team in the ACC is a re- reflection on the ACC, right? Because there there have been years where if you're the 11th team in the country, you're the fifth ranked team in the ACC. Um, but they're still the 11th best team in the country, according to the AP. And that's, I mean, the difference the, in college basketball, especially this year, it feels like the difference between like one and 26, pretty tight, right? So the difference between one and 11, pretty tight. Obviously, the teams at the top are better, but you're a good team if you're in the top 25 right now. There you go. Fair enough. Cover drop. The best thing for Duke right now this season is playing a college football type schedule. They only play one game per week. <laughs> um, gosh, I wish I could say to be determined. Uh, I'm going to say drop. Okay. The reason why I want to say to be determined is that they need, they're the most frustrating team for me to watch of all the teams in the triangle. Duke is because the talent is obviously there. Kyle Filipowski uh, in their win over Hofstra, had a near triple-double. He was the ACC Player of the Week, 28-12-8. Like, the, the talent is there. Tyrese Proctor coming back from an injury hopefully soon. He, you know, would have been a lottery pick borderline last year. Uh, you look at some of the guys. I, I love Foster off the bench. McCain has, was wildly praised. I think they need edge. I think they, like... Uh, you remember Dodgeball, the movie, uh, uh, with, with Vince Vaughn? Small move, Con. Let's see if it pays off for that him. That movie. Uh, you remember the guy with the goggles? Yeah. Uh, he needed to play angry. 
right? The the patches that were deep into the dodgeball references. If you haven't seen the movie, there's a kind of a nerdy guy that's on this dodgeball team, and their old school coach is like, "You need to get angry," and and he's you know eventually he sees his wife with David Hasselhoff. This this movie gets more and more ridiculous the more I try to describe it. I forgot how good of a movie that was. He, he sees his wife with da- David Hasselhoff, and he gets mad and and he goes out there and he wins the dodgeball game which may not get my point across as well as I thought it would. The more I said it, the more crazy it got. But uh, but I feel like Duke needs to get mad. They need to get angry. And what I don't want to have happen is they have one of these stretches where they play one game a week and they get mad, right, and they get the intensity up and they, they you know, step on the throat metaphorically of their opponent and, and win by 20 in a game that they should have won by six, but out of sheer force of anger and, and will, they win by 20, and then they get like eight days to calm down before the next game. And I'm going, no, keep your heart rate up, right? Stay mad, right? Anybody that's ever been in a fight knows like for the five minutes after the fight, you still want to fight. And then 20 minutes after the fight, you're like, I was really dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I don't want Duke to get to that point. I want them to stay angry. So, so I'm dropping it. I'm a little concerned for the Blue Devils tomorrow night because, like you said, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. They haven't played since last Tuesday in that game against Hofstra, where, honestly, they kind of struggled a little bit early on in that game. And now they got to play Baylor, who just got ran out of the gym mm-hmm. against Michigan State this past Saturday. Big test tomorrow night once again for John Shire and the Blue Devils as they jump back in to college basketball play after taking their exam break. Well, first of all, that that plays into what I'm saying, Okay. Because if you look at so much about what, what Duke has, has done this year, uh, like they faced Arkansas right after Arkansas lost. They faced uh, Michigan State, I think, right after Michigan State lost. And now they're facing Baylor right after Baylor lost. They're getting teams when they're a little angry, right? They're getting teams when they're a little like, Emotional. Take, take my energy out on you, take my frustration out on you. They have to match that. And I know they did against Michigan State, but – uh, I, I was less impressed by Michigan State. I need to I, I need to see them match levels of frustration with Baylor. Because you're right, Baylor's going to come into this game furious, right? They were the number six team in the country. I think they dropped to 10 with the loss. And, and now they're going to face Duke, a team that, you know, historically teams don't have a problem being mad at anyway. Like they find, a, you know, it's Everybody Duke. wants to beat Duke. It's Duke. Target on Did your back. DukeWin.com. You, you know all of that. Um, so, so, yeah, I want to see Duke get mad. Time for one more? One more. Last one. Copper drop. Well, this is the important one then. The Carolina Panthers will win out then their remaining games this season. Win out? Drop. If they win another game, I think it's it's as good as you can hope for. Uh, let me quickly go ahead and bring up bring up their schedule. They, what is it? The Panthers this weekend. Or, sorry, the Packers, Packers. this weekend. Uh, then Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. Yeah, if you win a game. If they win a game and you finish with three wins – I think you take that. So it's looking like the Carolina Panthers just might want to spoil or shake up the the playoff season for the NFC South, and that win against or in that matchup against the Buccaneers at the yeah, end of the year. Tampa might have it wrapped up by then. Baker looked really good this past weekend. No doubt the Eagles might mess around and lose to Baker Mayfield in Week One by the way things are looking. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot going on there, but I, I'm dropping them winning out. Definitely. If they finish on a four-game win streak, you're talking about a whole, whole. I mean, that changes so much. Sweet Carolina on repeat. That, that, then you know, Chris Tabor might get the job. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.